Hey you, you, click the subscribe button. You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast, starring Uche and QDZ. Yo, 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 We are the Ill-Advised Wise Guys. It's your boy Uche. I got my boy. QDZ for Sheezy. It's way too easy. AKA the Widow's Peak Bandit, AKA Michael Gordon, AKA Mr. Steal Your Spaghetti. I'm back. Holiday season. Bow. Yo, how was your, uh, how, how was your, speaking of holiday, how was your Thanksgiving, man? You know, did you eat a lot? Did you, did you, did you, did you end up on the toilet a lot? Like, come on, g- oh, give us I some details, man. How did I this happen? I definitely ended up on the toilet. I mean, I, there was mac and cheese involved. And, you know, I, you know what mac and cheese does to people that are uh, lactose intolerant like myself, you know, uh, had to take the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl a couple times. Um, and you know what? I, I, I was actually responsible for the turkey this year. Um, oh, wow. At the Dominic household. So... You know, for some odd reason, it took several hours to cook the turkey. Uh, I, I I left it alone, unfortunately, and it came out a little drier than I wanted to, but still good enough because I seasoned to help me. I seasoned. I, that's all I was doing. All kind, <laughs> and it still tasted like turkey. Don't you hate that? You put all them damn seasonings and it still tastes like turkey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah, we had a um, we actually had a fried turkey this year. Yeah, yeah, it was fried. fried. Fried turkey is very dangerous. That shit, that shit was slapping. I ain't gonna lie, it was great. I heard it's, I heard it's very dangerous to make. Yo, check it. Well, so I didn't. We didn't actually make it. We actually got it from Popeyes. I don't know if you noticed know Popeyes. Oh, Popeyes, yeah. we having like the little the little Thanksgiving fried turkey turkey specials, and you could pick it up, and all you gotta do is just put it in the oven. But it's already yeah. fried. It was great. Tastes it's really like good. Hundred dollars or something like that. Something like that, man. You know, you know. I don't disclose. We don't talk about money. <laughs> money, money expenses on the on this show, my my, my G. But anyway, this is episode one thirteen. Shout out to the gang. Shout out to the wise gang. Shout out to all our first listeners. You know, first time listeners, last middle. If you rocking with us, I don't really care how you found out about us, but we thank you guys for pulling up. You know, rocking with us through this holiday season. All right. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool that we can, uh, we took a little one week break off. I think that's dope that we can kind of take some time all during the holidays and, uh, regroup. Cause I know, I know I needed that damn, that damn week. Oh, Shit. yeah. I needed oh, yeah. it. I couldn't I feel I, like, I didn't feel like talking about music. I was too hungover from, 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 uh, Thanksgiving, you know, I too couldn't hungover. peel myself off the couch. Music. I don't care about mm-hmm. no damn music right now. My stomach. Is full. Nobody wants to talk when their stomach is full. Which, by the way, I just threw out some of my Thanksgiving stuff today. Like we had some candy yams. Uh, we had some uh, some some uh, some mac and cheese left. I ate it on Wednesday, and it was act. It, it tasted funny, so Bro, I was like, nah, I can't do this. I can't do you it. Tripping. Can't do it. You know, before we get Wait, into almost you. made to a week. By the way, let, let me tell you. A week. Let me tell you something before we get into any music topics. There is an expiration on holiday on uh, on uh, holiday food. Like Thanksgiving was Thursday, was it not? Right? It was. By Saturday and Sunday max. That's got to be the last day you consume the food. Like when you start getting the Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, Thursday, a week? No, you tripping. tripping. I just had candy yams yesterday. Yeah, you're tripping. And I'm sure you I'm sure your stomach, your yeah. stomach told you that was a bad idea. I was like, why the hell is the candy yam starting to taste chocolatey? It's like something something's not right. It's yams. Or sorry, it's potatoes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's right. Sweet potatoes. All right, man. I think uh I think I want to jump into the show, man. Um, at least jump into what it is that we uh we're here to do on this on this episode. But you know, of course, before we get into any of that. Got to give some announcements, you know, brief announcements, church announcements, if you will. Uh, check out our Patreon, you guys. You know, you can uh, you can check the video version of this episode. You can check behind the scenes content. I think we got to put some more content up on our Patreon, but for sure you're gonna get the episode. This episode, you can see our faces. You know, what I'm saying you can become a part of our Wise Game community uh, if you join our Patreon subscription. So check that out. Uh, as always, man, we got our new playlist, Zero Skips. Zero skips, you know. We we we're we're highlighting some of the best indie music that we feel like needs to be highlighted. There's some people that's been rocking with the show, some newcomers, some people who are just out here dropping dope music. But uh, check that out on Spotify as well. You know, uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to this episode in our podcast on every platform. And uh, as always, man, just give us a like or a review. You know, if you rock with our content. If you, if you like it, if you've shared it before, if you've told somebody about our content, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or even our website, illevisedwiseguys.com, and uh, leave us a review and a rating. We would greatly appreciate it. Now, Q, what are we going to talk about on this episode? Yes, sir. Well, hey, what about my plug? Go. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Check out Ratings Game Music. If you see that logo, that means realness is being spewed. Album reviews by Polo G, his new Hall of Fame 2.0 album. Uh, album review for Nardo Wick. Who is Nardo Wick? Is the album that's a demon, by the way, guys. A straight up demon. Um, and album reviews by Plenty More. Rick Ross dropped a new song. Uh, Lil Wayne and Juice World, uh, Juice World dropped the song. Lil Wayne and Corday dropped the song. Check us out there. Check me out on Twitter. QD isn't available. And check me out on Instagram, QDZ Foshizi. So, the mission at hand is the podcast. And we're going to be cover up some, covering some pretty good topics today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of being an introvert in hip-hop. You know, we got a lot of these introverts running around the game right now. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Then we're going to, you know, we got some special topic from uh, somebody with the, from the Wise Gang, Wise Mel, quality versus quantity. We'll let you know what we mean by that. And then the fourth topic, we're going to cover a special album in the Lost Ones topic. Can't wait for that scene, by the way. But first and foremost, the first topic we're going to talk about is fake love in the music industry. So this is a touchy, touchy topic that I feel like we can go so many different angles and so many different ways with. Yep. Um. So one of the reasons I guess we negotiated and decided to talk about this topic was because we noticed that on social media, you know, there's been, you know, how do we put it? Maybe an over-dramatization of how people feel about certain people mm -hmm. on social media. I don't know if that's a way that we can put it. 
But is there a such thing as fake love going on in the music industry right now? I mean, do you think that, you know, people... You see how I'm trying to skate through this with being Yo, listen, respectful. You, 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 you skating. <laughs> listen, let me, let me, let me help you out here because you skating, all right, in a good way. Because this is I'm touchy. trying to be respectful. This is touchy because you should be respectful. But let's just, let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. Let's get to the let's get to the shits and then we'll broaden the conversation out a bit. Okay. You know, let's get to people what where this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's important, you know. I think it's important, uh, man. So, okay. for example, uh, you, and by the way, this is nothing to laugh about. Uh, rest in peace to Virgil Abloh, you know, the uh, creator of Off White, um, the head creative director, and all you know, all of his titles that he held at um, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, and, and and that whole group. You know, clearly it, he was an icon. You know, somebody who was heavily respected. In, in the fashion industry, in the hip-hop culture, because they're all kind of intertwined in a way. Um, and yeah, man, that, that was the basis of this convo and how we saw the outpouring. You know what I'm saying? The, the outpouring of people coming to, you know, tell the world what Virgil meant to them and all of this other stuff. And while we're never going to take away somebody's you know, true connection and who they really knew and what, how they choose to mourn that I never want to get in the, in the, in the way, in the way of, I do think though, that as a surface level topic related to that subject of people passing and people kind of like jumping in and, 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 and showing the world their love for that person, we do got to talk about the ugly side of this, you know, which is, you know, potential fake love you know the the potential of people to start tapping into people's movement after they pass and whether or not you know the day one fans of somebody even view that type of act as genuine you know like it's not that like day one should be policing other people you know what i'm saying because it's not a day one's fan to do that a day a day one's job to do that but still is it right or is it wrong like what is there a conduct that should be followed when somebody passes or 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 not? You get what I'm saying? And that's and, a and so great. Yes, that's a great way you put it. So yeah. correct. And so I, I love that because I'm I'm for me, I don't know if you want me to start or if you go want ahead, to start, go ahead. I want go ahead. Um I'm coming. Let me let me come from this is not Quincy speaking, but this is from this is just me in generic terms speaking. So I've been hearing a lot of people say, like, for instance, when Nipsey passed, right, um, YG came out and called out several people. He, uh, he, not Nobody particularly by name, but he, he, he called out people for saying, oh, you showing Nipsey love, but, like, did you really know Nipsey like, like we did? Like, you know, we feel like you became day one, uh, so-called day one fans after you know he passed and so with that being said you know every time somebody passes things like this happen right where we're guilty i'm guilty of it you're guilty yeah. of it yeah, everybody's yeah. guilty of it we all do it you know like for instance i listened to a little peep album ep yesterday and i was like little peep is a very talented musician i'm like i'm blown away by what he can do as a musician but I'll be honest, I did not know who Lil Peep was prior to, 
when he died. I mean, I, I saw the name and I just kind of was like, oh, who is this kid that, you know, has tattoos all over his face? But then after he died, I actually listened to his music. And now if you ask me about Lil Peep, I'll be like, yo, he was the truth. Yeah, he was the truth. And so, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting topic that I see a lot of. And, um, you know, with social media being such a huge part in all of our lives, we see this in real time. We see dedication posts. We see people posting pictures with people after they died. And we see all this stuff. And and one of the reasons I, I it was in my mind was because in a beautiful way, it looks like Virgil Abloh impacted several different people in the hip hop community. And I, yeah. I believe it. I truly believe that he did have these relationships with the Kanye's of the world, with the Lupe's of the world, with the Kid Cuddy's of the world, with the Drake's of the world, with the Lil Uzi verse of the world and so forth and so forth. He was ingrained in hip hop from, from what I understand. Um, But then there has to be that little bit of people that didn't really know him like that, but still felt something about about him you know what i mean so as a regular joe or as anybody who who is an artist how do you feel about that is that something that should be bypassed you know if you start to gain fans after something major happens to you is that okay because i see both sides i see people saying that they don't like that they only want to deal with the day ones and then I see people that are like, oh, okay, I'm cool with the new fans that I gained from this unfortunate situation. Oh, okay, this streaming sales start to go up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's an interesting topic that I, I I just I don't know. I just wanted to tackle it and talk about. Well, look, I mean, I like I even I like what you said there, man. Really, because you know it's funny, man. I think we all recognize this type of stuff happening in real time, but nobody really says it. Nobody really addresses any of this stuff. And, you know, this is not me trying to, like, say there's one good way to mourn. Like, because I, I I look at this as mourning, you know? Like, if somebody passes, how can I... I can't really police the way someone else decides they want to express their hurt and, and, and pain and sorrow and all that stuff that comes with, you know, the passing of somebody. I can't really tell somebody else how to do it. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge how the world has changed the way people express themselves, right? Look at social media. Look at the, the introduction of everyone having a voice. You know, we are old enough to remember the days pre-social media where, like, and your everyday fan, your everyday person's voice maybe didn't matter, per se, to the conversation. But as Twitter comes along in 08, as Facebook uh, happened as Instagram happened as all these platforms just start popping up everyone has a voice and everyone feels like they can basically tell the world how they feel about a specific topic no right or wrong answer but that I recognize technology has introduced that um, and so with that being said you know it's I, I want to go back though because we talk about Virgil loosely and like you know I don't think people actually realize Virgil's you know while they probably know him for fashion Right, people probably know him in the fashion world. I don't think people realize his connection with hip hop the way that you probably should. He's actually responsible for creating a lot of album covers, some of your favorite album covers over the years, 
that you maybe didn't even know about. I just want to read a couple off to you because maybe, maybe y'all didn't know about this. Right? We got My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He created that cover. Right? One Love of the best hip-hop albums of all time. Love the cover. Right? Uh, watch the Throne. <laughs> Come uh, on I now. Don't, I don't like that cover, but... I it's mean, pretty it's good. Cool. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And here's the thing. <laughs> Whether or not you actually care for the album cover, think about the... It's a classic. It. It's I'm a talking classic, about the moment. It's a classic I mean, album. Yeah. It, whether or not you care about the cover, the music yeah. following some it's of this is album. classic stuff, right? So and it's a it's a it's a it's a grandiose cover. There you go, there you go. Here's another one. We got "Long Live ASAP," right? Yeah. Pretty good cover. Pretty good album, right? 2013, we're in drop. So he's been around for a while behind the scenes before people actually really knew what he was doing. He created Yeezus, the Yeezus cover. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I, I I didn't like that album like that, but I think the album the album cover is pretty dope. Simple, but it's but it's pretty good. Uh Love is Rage 2, right? Lil Uzi, he created a he cre- yeah, Pray for Paris 2. I'm sorry, Pray for Paris with uh your boy uh what's his face from, from Griselda. Uh, West Side Gun. Yeah. And uh lastly, he's done more, but lastly, I'm gonna say Pop Smoke, shoot for the stars, aim for the moons. Remember that that was the last one that the really concert, that was a controversial the, the controversial, controversial one. one. They didn't like that one. They didn't like that um, one, but uh <laughs> he redid it, right? If I'm not mistaken, he redid, he, he redid it, which was which was interesting that people, you know, you know, took that position. But look, bottom line though, man, I feel like there is an element of of fake love, you know, and and, and so you know it, it kind of happens inadvertently when people pass. Um you know, Young Dolph just passed recently, and we saw an outpouring of fans. We saw an outpouring of people following his account. I think his followers went up from like 1.5 to like 4 million. I might have my numbers off, but if it's not, if it didn't jump 3 million, it jumped at least a million, which is very, very shocking when you really think about it, you know, that people really flock to someone's someone who just died. But I think it happens, man. It happens. And, and I'm not going to say somebody's right or wrong for doing it, but I do notice it. I do notice that people act a little strange when when someone passes. People just start to kind of act mm-hmm. in, in ways that are just inexcusable, unexplainable. It's like and, it, it shakes people up in a way. And what's, I think what the biggest thing that scares me, I think this is the last thing I'll say. The biggest thing that scares me about this topic is the peer pressure, right? I do feel like there is some sense of peer pressure uh, when somebody dies and somebody's like, how come you didn't post rest in peace? Where's your dedication post? Remember at one point they were rushing YG. How come YG you ain't give no lengthy post about Nipsey. It's almost like us as fans, a lot of people out, out there are forcing these people to, to, to mourn like that, that word that you use. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, is just, you know, maybe they felt they had to do something. They had to say something, you know. I just, I, I, I like I said, I just, I just found it interesting. I just found it a little odd that it, it's, it's, you know, it's these last couple of weeks. You know, there's been some big hip hop losses, and just kind of the way some of the things have been going about. Some people posting rest in peace and some people are noticeably absent when it comes to you know paying homage and it's there's no right way to pay homage to somebody 
But I do think that at times it may seem a little forced or at time it may seem like maybe you had like peer pressure on you. And so I think it's weird how we live in such a strange time where, you know, social media is so important for the wrong reasons and for the good reasons, right? Like it's so good for marketing. It's so good for outreach, so good for connecting people who would normally never know about each other. That is the amazing part about it. But the bad part about it is when we as fans or whoever start looking around and saying, yo, why didn't such and such write RIP on such and such post? Like we start policing the way people act on on social Mm -hmm. media. Like I think that Mm -hmm. that is a little Mm -hmm. overboard. It's It's a little overboard. Even in the sense of like Key Glock, you know, obviously Key Glock, that young Dolph was his man's. And so he decided cousin. Just, they were cousins. His cousin. cousin. Yeah. And he decided to just, you know, be mute, you know. And I respect that. He wiped his whole Instagram account and then eventually, you know, he did post something, but I'm sure people were looking at it like, oh man, like I wonder what he's gonna do. I wonder what he's gonna say. I wonder what he's gonna do, 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 you know. And so it's it's just, it's just interesting to see how people are navigating. Maybe we shouldn't call it fake love, but it's just interesting to see how people are navigating through things like this. Not, yeah. not, not, this is not necessarily blamed at anybody in particular right. or any right. hip hop or whatever. This is just in general, the, the idea of mourning in hip hop, yeah. how it's going about or that. I think that's know. really, that should probably really be the topic. Like the title yeah, of the topic is like more, more morning in hip hop, like because there is it's complex. This is the last thing I'll say is that I, while you saying you respect how Key Glock, you know, carried it and handled his um his morning process and mm-hmm. when he chose to speak about it, I also respect uh the way Virgil Abloh and I brought this point up to you like before we started recording because Chadwick Boseman did the same thing. You know, we got. Early 40s black men dying from cancer, which is already a problem in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? If you are a black man and you have not been to the doctor, listen, I'm not perfect, but God damn it, we got to start changing this narrative because 40 is young as hell to be dying from cancer, bro. So at the same time, while I say that's too young, I also respect these two dudes for not making their business public. You know, not making the fact that they were battling cancer um, and trying to garner public support or public sympathy, you know, whether that was intentional or not by some, you know, by the way somebody would even introduce that type of news. I do think that would be a result of them telling the world is the public just flocking to them and saying, oh, we feel, we feel so bad for you. And oh, this is man, we love you. And da, da, da. a lot of people don't want that fake. They would consider that fake love. They really would mm-hmm. because it would be like, y'all are only y'all only care about me because I told y'all. Right. And now if I put out a work of art, right, if they're a musician, if I put out some fast piece of fashion like Virgil, you know, if you're Chadwick Boseman, if you put out your, your art in the form of acting, people are going to receive your art subconsciously in a, in a different light because now they know that you're sick and you might die tomorrow. It changes the way people view your art. And I respect artists who decide not to disclose that type of news to the public, man. It, it's, it's actually very respectable. 
in my opinion. It is. It is. I mean, I, both obviously both sides are respectable, but I agree. I agree. It's de it's definitely something that's it, honestly, it's actually something that's new. I mean, Chadwick Boseman. That was the first time I've ever heard of any big celebrity like that. Just random in, in the middle in the middle of their anything. prime. In the middle yeah, of their like, prime. That was something. It, 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 but at the same time, I will say that scared me. It 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 literally. It, it literally tells you like tomorrow's not promised and, and you don't know what people are going through in the background. So be nice yep. to people and Real talk. <laughs> you know, all that good stuff. Real talk. Next topic. Yeah. Let's get into this, man. Let's next topic, man. Let me, let me kick this off if you don't mind. Yes, so, sir. uh, the pros and cons of being an introvert in hip hop, you know, Ooh. just to give you guys some backstory, uh NBA young boy, aka young boy never broke again, is out of jail. He's on house arrest. He is normally a guy who you never hear from. Ever, 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 ever hear from. Well, somehow, some way, we we heard from him for a very long time on Clubhouse recently, where he talked to academics uh for probably almost two hours. You know, uninterrupted, which was dope because we never hear that type of content from him. And I think that the fans of, of of Young Boy need and they've been starving for that type of content. You know, they want to hear from him unfiltered. And I listened to about half the, the conversation. And in that conversation, you and I were talking about this. He displayed a lot of what I would call I don't give a fuck mentality. I don't care about these niggas mentality, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Academics yeah. was asking him, "Hey man, what do you think about making a song with uh with such and such?" He's like, "I don't care about him." What do you think yeah. about making a song with this person? Man, I don't fuck with him. What do you think about this or that? He's like, "Well, I kind of would want to make a song with a little Uzi, but Rich the Kid don't like him, so I mean, you know what I'm saying it's just a little sticky." He said that. Yeah, he did because him and Rich the Kid are no, really, I know, really, I know. really tight. No, I know that. I, I, I'm just saying I didn't know he said that. But remember, Rich the Kid and and Uzi I, I know had, they got static. I, yeah. I know the whole everything. I just didn't know that he actually said that. He did. Oh, now, of course, he didn't word it like I worded it because if, if you listen to Young Boy talk, he he does. He's not the most articulate individual, but I summarized it appropriately. But like, what do you think about that though? Like, do you feel like uh, the introverts are winning these days. Like the, can you really have a successful career without reaching out to artists and creating connections and having that fuck you mentality to, you know, the next artist when it comes to collaborating? What do you think about that? Listen, man, we right now, 2021 going on 2022 in a couple more days, we are living in a world where independent independency that's a word right independency independency is grand think about it all the industries that you work in everybody wants to be an entrepreneur now if you if you are skilled at something people want to open up a business that you specialize think, in by the way i think you just mean independence Right. independence independence i'm not sure if independence is a word sure. Yes, it is. Independence. But, but hold on. But why couldn't you just say we're living in a world where independence is great? It wouldn't that be the same? Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> hey, shut up. Shut up will be better. Yeah, independency Thanks. is a word. Independency. 
Leave right, me alone. Hey, I'm listen, the writer. Man. I'm listen, trying to make your grammar better, leave man. Leave me alone. As a non-writer. Leave me alone. Let me just live my life. Dun, 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 dun. But anyway, go uh, ahead, man. We live in a world of independency is grand, brother. Entrepreneurship is up, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, people are bragging and boasting about being indie artists. If you can do something by yourself, you are winning in this day and age. I mean, for me, as a writer, I look at all these people that drop albums, right? And I say, oh, this person has five or six features on the album. Okay, that's cool. I expected that, five or six. Let me take a look at this person's track listing. Whoa, no features. They decided to do this whole album all by themselves. That is impressive. The fact that you think you can carry on an album by yourself. And so... With that being said, I mean, it's just now more and more noticeable that that's the route to go. I mean, to me, what are relationships? You know, what is a working relationship? What is a music relationship in this day and age? Somebody that can help you, help you do what? You know, a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to drop a classic album. You know, in this day and age, if we look at the streaming numbers, who are leading the streaming numbers? And, and let's just say the streaming numbers in U.S. Yeah, you see the Drake's of the world. I'm pretty sure Drake's numbers would be leading even if the people that Drake worked with weren't on those songs. Do you think Drake's album would have gone number two if he had no features on there? We can argue that Drake having no features on an album might the album might even do better you can argue that and so you know when we talk about you know introverts it's it's funny you know i feel like you know how we always talk about stereotypes in hip hop and how hip hop you got to be this you can't be a snitch yeah. you can't be this hip hop is an art music is an art right aren't artistic people kind of introverts a lot of times aren't yes artists aren't artists supposed to be a little weird you know like different so when you see all these people buddy buddying i do think that does take away from somebody's artistic ability so let's say let's say me and you were a rap group right a rap duo you know mm -hmm. what we call uh big timers part two and <laughs> you know we making music and it's clicking and stuff like that when we start to have a cool, you know, camaraderie with another crew, they might influence how your art gets put out together. So, like, let's say Lil Baby, we we somehow, some way, we pay Lil Baby's ransom, whatever, $100,000 or whatever that he'd be asking for, for a feature. Mm -hmm. You don't think we're going to switch up our artistic style because Lil Baby's on that song? We're going to adjust. We paid $100,000. We got to adjust this style. There's so many songs these days that I hear Lil Baby's on or somebody else is on and they adjust to that person's style. That might, right. that they adjust to his style or it's a song, Drake's on, Drake he has to adjust to Drake's style. That does take a little bit away from the person's artistic, you know, mm -hmm. standpoint. So, um, but at the same time, let's not fool ourselves like, you know, it's really good to have relationships. That's how you get bigger because a lot of times, 
little baby's fans you gain or whoever's fans you gain. So they might introduce you to another world. But I do think these days, fans, just pure music fans like me and you, pure music fans like the average Joes and stuff, do appreciate somebody that can get it done all by themselves. It's not the same. There's no formulas anymore. You know, you just got to be a good artist these days. Yeah. You know, it's funny, man. Remember, like, man, I swear I'd be, we talk a lot of behind the scenes shit, which is dope. We probably got it. You know, I think we should give the, I, sh- I feel like we should give people like a lot of behind the scenes convos that we have. Like, some make of them, sure. not all, not not all. I mean, we got a screen because it's, sure a lot, it's a lot of incriminating. Nah, NC 17. I'm not sure about rated R. Like, there's some crazy convos, but at the same time, I think a lot of them are good. You know, I I came to you a couple weeks ago and I said, maybe it was a couple months ago, I was like, man, I really want to talk about like artists that can survive with no features versus ones that can survive with features and like just highlight the ones that can do it and the ones that we feel like necessarily can't. Well, uh, speaking of NBA Youngboy, I mean, I think that, you know, he's one of them dudes who doesn't necessarily need a feature to get his point across in his music, you know, and I think it comes right out in the way that he expressed himself on Clubhouse and saying, I don't fuck with people. You know, I think of uh, Rod Wave as a guy who is sort of in that bracket as well. Like these dudes, they make the type of music that they make and they're unapologetic about it. And they're not really worried about other people coming into their world you know, musically or them going into another artist's world musically and figuring out what they can make. It's not about that. It's about what they make because music seems to be a form of therapy for these dudes. Real talk. Like, there's a lot of artists who I listen to and I'm like, I think they just doing this shit for the check. Right? I ain't gonna name no names because it's not my business. But I'm just letting you know. I hear these artists, a lot of them, and I'm like, I don't feel like you are super passionate about music. I think you're just doing it because somebody told you you were good at it. But if you got another opportunity tomorrow, you would be like, I don't like this shit. Those are the type of artists that I don't necessarily gravitate to. I personally gravitate to the artists that when I listen to their music, it feels like that is truly them. Like, I can really get across who this person is by the music. So with that being said, yeah, I think there is a new wave of artists in today's day and age that are saying we don't want to subscribe to how things have normally been, you know, when it comes to collaborating with other artists, when it comes to doing the media, playing the media game, interviews, you know, doing these promos on radio shows that you would normally hear if you listen to the radio back in the day, you know, it's those types of extroverted activities is no longer important to a lot of these artists because that's not them. And I, and I do think the power is going back in the hands of the, of the actual creator, because I think we're seeing uh, that you don't need to change who you are to be successful. I think Summer Walker is another good example of this. You know, Summer Walker, you know, she is an introvert, it seems. I don't know her personally, but if you ever heard her speak, she's even said it out of her own mouth. It's as obvious as day, clear as day, that this girl don't want to talk to nobody. But you hear all the stuff she's going through in her music. You feel everything that she probably feels in it's her beautiful. music. 
It's amazing, right? And she's she's and, and here's the thing: she's outselling majority of the people. Did you know that? I mean, I know you know and, that. And that's the and that right there is the real point. That's that a telltale sign. Things have shifted where you don't need to compromise who you are and the type of person you are to be a successful artist. There's a space for you being yourself and you not wanting to fuck with people. <laughs> as or, crazy or, as that sounds. I mean, we look at it. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, some of these artists do work with other people. I get that. But Rod Wave. Rod Wave sells well. Like, newsflash. Rod Wave does numbers. He actually does. He does. He, he definitely does. Good, does. He, does, he does very good numbers. NBA Youngboy. We already know that. We've been talking about this all the time. He does numbers. You know, um, Summer Walker, like you mentioned, does numbers, you know, and then to a lesser extent, people like the M&Ms of the world who clearly are on their own world. Lil Wayne's in his own world, but I mean, he 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 still works with people, but he's in his own world. Yep. Logic is in his own world. He's mentioned several times. I, I really don't mess with people. He's in his own world. These people actually do numbers. I think these yeah. people resonate with fans more than you know, other people that might be like super affiliated and things like that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and the, the music just, I don't know. I, I think a lot of times the music from these folks just, just hit harder. They just resonate more. It, it, it does. And I think the music is a reflection of who they seem to be. Like if you listen to the content of a lot of these people, they, they give off those type of messages like oh, loner, yeah. you know, I'm introverted. I don't like people, you know, and, and, I, and I think a lot of people can relate. And that's what I was gonna say. That's America. A lot that's of people the world. can relate, dog. Yeah, that's the world. And I, I, I think that's 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 dope as hell to me. That's dope as hell that that you can do stuff like that. I mean, back in the day, that was career suicide. I feel like if you came out and said you did not Man. rock with, I don't rock with Puff Daddy or I don't rock with Pharrell and the Neptunes. Like that's like almost blackball you you remember back in the day where people had to rely on producers if you didn't have a hot producer on your album then that was it bro like, if you didn't have a radio single you were not gonna make it you you were not gonna make it like some people remember back in the day you diss you you diss like like cannabis dissed ll cool j i feel like that what he did blackballed him from the whole hip hop industry. People yeah. started not wanting to work with cannabis just because he dissed LL Cool J. In this day and age, NBA Youngboy openly—I don't want to say he dissed, but he openly dismissed. Remember when Ak asked him? He openly dismissed listening to the Polo G's of the world, little yep. babies. It's clear yep. he don't really rock with people, but it's not having an impact on his money. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It, matter of fact, he he hit out his own words. He said, "I would be okay with working with Takashi." He said, "What that? What what his what his his stuff got to do with me?" Now, that's interesting. But like, I feel where he's coming from. You know, I feel where he's coming from. But the fact that he can say that and not care about the ramifications that come with it, dope as hell to me. Nah, it is dope. You and know, you know, real quick before we move on to the next topic. You talked about career suicide, and I just, I just was thinking, man, like, man, there were so many things back in the day that used to be a no-no for artists. Yeah. And and now it's, see, people don't care about half of them. The one that popped in my mind as soon as you said it was how they used to tell women, you can't have a baby in the middle of your career or the start of your career because, like, 
<laughs> that's gonna fuck up your career. Yeah. Right. It, 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 mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear me. I just got a phone In call. Israel. No, no, no. I heard. I heard everything. You women. Yeah. I mean, that's another one. I mean, yeah. They they used to tell they used to tell women like, yo, you can't have a baby because that's gonna mess yeah. up. You can't have a family. That's gonna mess up your. That changed, yeah. bro. Like I, I really feel like, and this is gonna sound crazy. I really feel like Cardi B changed that shit. Cardi B, oh, oh yeah. when she had a when she had that kid, you know, her kid for with Offset or whatever. Really, when she had just blew up, and nothing it was stopped. clear that nothing was stopping, and she was still going up. She changed that shit for everybody. I've seen hella women in in whether it's hip hop R and B have kids ever since, and nobody blinks an eye. Real talk. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you know. I mean, but there's a lot of but there's a lot of examples though. That's just one. I just I I just. Honestly, I just think that our generation and the generation after us, we're just, we just get it. We just get it. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, like in this day and age, Ja Rule and 50 Cent could have both been successful at the same time in this day and age. <laughs> oh, ja Rule oh, had sure. beef with the whole G unit and had whole mm-hmm. beef with the whole aftermath. People care too much about that beef to the point where Ja Rule couldn't even have a career. This day and age, people will be like, oh, they don't get along. I can enjoy both Jaws music and 50 Cent's music. I don't care who NBA Youngboy has beef with. I don't care who whoever has beef with whoever. When I want to rock with NBA Youngboy's music, I'm going to listen to it. When I want to rock with Homeboy's music, I'm going to listen to it. That's yeah. fans. Now, That's whether, all that matters. Whatever in, going on in hip-hop politics, I'm not involved in it. Because at the end of the day, all this stuff matters because of fans. That's it. So, so fans, like, fans, you know, fans make around. the rules. Fans, fans decide what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Sorry, real quick because another one popped in my head. I'm telling you, it's hella examples. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, artists being in relationships. Remember, like it used to be a no-no for like a dude to seem to seem like he was in a relationship because it would hurt oh, his yeah. brand. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Be like, oh, yeah. like you, remember, you know he used to always team? go on interviews. <laughs> yeah. They'd be, be like, yo, be like, hey, what's going on with you and Beyonce or something like that? Oh yeah, you know, man. She's you know, cool. Person. Cool, you know. She cool, you know. Uh, we chilling, you know. I mean, we cool, and we, you know, nothing crazy. They in a full blown relationship, you know, but they can't outwardly say it because it hurts the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the hell made that shit up? Because I, I ain't gonna lie, I love when that shit shifted. When now people can be in relationships, nobody thinks anything about the music. It's like, oh, you, oh, you're exactly. married. Oh, you're exactly. in a serious relationship. Money bag, yo. Oh, word. Okay, we. Hey, I don't give a damn. People are promoting it. I love it. Think about what Lil Durk in India. He they, like another, another example. Promotes that joint is that's tight. It's that very is tight. dope. Like that's that's something I wish was going on back then. Because come on, man. Like what's? It's like hip hop should shift, and it is shifting more to reality. Wait, wait, wait. They made it seem like nobody was in love back then. <laughs> they made it seem like Method Man was going home to nothing. Like Yo, Method love- Man did never, never fell in love a day in his life. Never had any girl relationship. It is just Method Man was just Method Man. Always, yep. always angry and in the streets. Like, come on, man. Yep. Let's can we get more reality? Hey but, man, uh, black black love, damn it. <laughs> hey man, black love, man. Hey, I think I think I think Remy Ma and Papoose, their contributions are are, are necessary. Hey, hey, they <laughs> they have definitely changed things for hip hop. Next topic. Uh, that was a that was a good one. It was um wise Mel. Actually, you want to do this? I, I know you you uh yeah, you you know who uh I do, man. wise gang, wise yeah, gang we go. salute. 
Absolutely, man. We got a, uh, you know, shout out to George Vera, if I'm pronouncing your name right. I don't know if I, I think that's your name, but, you know, George the Great on Instagram. Thank you for uh, your, 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 you know, the topics you suggested, which you, you had a few, but the one that we selected was uh, the one where you asked the very, very astute question, which is as an artist, which would be more important? And and we, I guess we can attack this from the artist and the fan perspective. So maybe we do both. But which one is more important? Having a classic, one class, at least one classic album or having a decent discography where like none of your albums were really great per se, but you were consistently dropping music, you know? And I, and I can think of some examples where we can say Lauryn Hill as one classic album, but didn't necessarily have a discography worth talking about, respectfully. Uh, and then the slew of artists who put out, you know, just dope music over time. And so this is the age-old debate, quality versus quantity, you know? Which one is more important? I'll kick this to you, Q. What, what would you say? You know, as I was, as you were rattling off some names, you know, I try to think and I was like, who is somebody who has like one classic album? And after that, they don't really have another one. And I was just going down the line. I was like, you know, um, first T.I., I was like, no, nah, I think T.I. has a couple classic albums under his belt. King, Urban Legend, yada, yada. Um, and then I was like, Nas, I was like, Nas had Illmatic. And then for a long time, Nas didn't really have that second classic album. But then King's Disease, I believe, is a classic. King's Disease 2 is a classic. And, you know, you can argue uh, another one of his was a classic on there. And then the one name popped in my head. Chance the Rapper. Mm. So Chance the Rapper, yeah, he dropped mixtapes. And I heard his mixtape, Acid Rap, was, was pretty solid. But, I mean... I don't really count that as an album, like as a full studio album. Coloring Book was like that first album, even though it's considered a mixtape, but it was like a big mixtape. And people were crowning him. Oh, Chance Rap, this classic. One more label, none to stop me. There's a piece of that. He had some, I still to this day think that's a very, very good album. And since then, you know, he hasn't necessarily dropped the greatest stuff. I, I do like his Christmas album with Jeremiah, but his uh, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty dope album. I, uh, Merry Christmas, Little Mama. That's a that's a tight album. Uh, but I mean, I'm not gonna count that. But his follow ups haven't been great, and we have to live with the fact that Chance the Rapper may never make another classic album a day in his life. So I look at it. As if we're looking at it from Chance's case, I'd rather have more albums that were were decent <laughs> than one quality. Because once you have that one classic album, I think you have you, you, you gotta chase greatness after that. And you know, especially when that classic album came in your discography, it's rare that typically somebody's classic album is their first album that they released. Like Jay-Z's first album classic, Illmatic, Nas classic. <clears throat> so if you start off the bat with a classic album, you have to chase greatness after that. And as in, from an artist standpoint, I can see how that's taxing. I can see how that can be frustrating. I can see how 
if you want to experiment, people are going to start saying, we want you, we want the old you. How come you can't do what you did on uh, the, the, the album that was classic? So I can see how that can be annoying and frustrating. If you pace yeah. yourself and just continuously make good albums, not great albums, Drake is doing that, right? Just good, solid albums continuously. It leaves room for you to be able to experiment. It leaves room for you to be able to grow. It leaves room for you to be able to impress in a way that you've never impressed before. So I, I do like the quantity aspect. But then in favor of the quality, you have a classic album, regardless of what happens, that album is in somebody's heart for years to come. You know, you can make a bunch of quality album, or you can make a bunch of decent albums, but then they forget about you after five years have passed and you haven't dropped an album. There's so many artists in hip hop that were just consistent. And if they don't bring out an album, people just kind of forget that they ever existed. I'll give you an example. Fat Joe. Fat Joe's discography is very impressive. But I feel like Fat Joe at a point, like his fans expect him to come out every two years. If Fat Joe doesn't come out every two years, they kind of forget what he did in the past. Mm -hmm. If Fat Joe has that one classic album like Jay-Z or Chance the Rapper, it doesn't matter what they do moving forward. They just reference that. Oh, I just go back and listen to that. That's, that's Jeezy, right? Another example. Yep. Jeezy. Thug Motivation, classic, great, one of my favorite albums of all time. I yeah. literally don't care what Jeezy does in the next 30 years. Jeezy could turn into a karaoke superstar. Jeezy could switch to K-pop. I don't care what he does. Just the fact that he created Thug Motivation 101. You are a legend in my book. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know it's funny. It's funny you say that cuz that's actually where I was going. So like with this combo, sorry, I didn't know if you were done. I just cut you off, but no, like I'm pretty much I, fe done. I felt like that was a good transition. Mm -hmm. Um I'm done. Like for me, man, you know, this this comes down to legacy. This comes down to what is important to you as an artist, you know, do you want to be remembered forever? You know? Uh, because yeah, if you drop a classic album, you're cemented in the history books. Like the history will history will talk about you because you drop something that enough people critically acclaimed uh, or not cared about and propped it up on a pedestal and said, this is amazing. And, you know, a lot of artists live for that moment. You know, a lot of artists are like, yo, like I, my career is complete once I'm cemented in people's minds in that way. You know, but at the same time, if that's not what you care about, whether it be, you know, as you know, being cemented or being uh, having a classic project, if you just care about the idea of being consistently you across an entire span of your career, dropping quality songs, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, relatively quality songs more often than not. That's cool, too, at the same time, but. I probably lean more towards the the quality versus sorry the quality side of the house versus the quantity because as you stated like once you have that one album right once you have that one album you can kind of create a name for yourself moving forward and and nothing else really can remove the fact that you dropped a classic album like it don't matter what 
you can you can fall off the rails. You can go take a break for four years. People always remember that you dropped that classic project, right? Look at look at Nas. Like you said, Nas is a good example. I threw out uh, Lauren Hill, uh, Miseducation Lauren Hill, uh, to open this conversation. You know, this is somebody who's heavily respected. You know, through her battles of all the stuff that she battled, and I'm not even super familiar with her story like that. I just know that she went a lot of years, you know, being unsatisfied with the the music industry, and then just decided I don't want to do this anymore and took a break. You know, nobody will take away anything or take away the fact that she dropped that 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 album that is being sampled still to this day is being talked about you know and, and so you can always tour from a classic project you can always you know license it out to people there's so much benefit that comes with the prestige of dropping a, a classic body of work you know and, and so this really as an artist if i'm putting myself in artist's shoes this is a matter of you caring about the accolades or not giving a damn about it because that's how people kind of remember artists who drop classic projects but they can, really but, do. But can you put it like imagine? This, put, it, put it like this. Well, one, la one last thing I'll say is like, you know how there's a lot of artists who talk about caring about a Grammy versus not caring about a Grammy, mm -hmm. right? Well, we've seen the shift of artists voice their opinion and saying, I don't care about Grammys. Grammys don't mean anything, blah, 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 blah. Well, back in the day, you never heard artists say that. You want to know why? Because... That was what mattered to people. People cared about the prestige. People cared about the legacy that you have, or the the acclaim that comes with being granted a, a you know a, a a Grammy. And so I'm equating well, that to having a classic project where, when the public decides it's classic, you can never get that taken away from you. But go ahead. Well, the thing is this. I mean, we talk about social media's impact, right? That's social media. I mean, I I don't have a Grammy, but every single day. There's a real person that tells me they love this album. There's a real person that's reaching out to me and saying, yo, this is an A-plus album. It doesn't matter what album. It, it, it could be anybody that dropped anything. There's somebody yeah. that's going to love it, and they hear it. Back in the day, you know, fans' opinion on their stuff was scarce. It was like somebody had to walk up to you in person to say that. Somebody had to, I don't know write a letter to you <laughs> stand style and tell you how much they love you but my thing is yes you know you are quality uh yeah yeah a quality album means something you're you're stamped uh forever in the uh, the book of hip-hop lovers and hip-hop fans but can you imagine you dropped an album a classic album and you dropped solid music after that but yeah. people don't notice it because they're like, it's not the classic album. That has to be frustrating. You know who falls in, you know who falls into this category? There's a lot of artists, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know who the first person you just that just popped in my mind when you said that? Mm -hmm. Kid Cudi. I believe Kid Cudi's first album, Man on the Moon, and I, I we can talk about the a kid named Cudi mixtape. I think mm -hmm. that's classic too. But if we're just only talking about albums. I believe Man on the Moon is a classic album, in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Think about all the albums he dropped after that. Nobody paid attention to anything. Mm, after nobody that. really cared. It is, but it's not to say that the music was garbage. It's not to exactly. say that there wasn't good stuff on it. 
Eh, it's is, the music nobody really cared about like that. And, and you know? that's frustrating. I mean, that's uh, literally, they're just like, oh, like people, there's a lot of people that drop classic albums that have a pretty impressive catalog outside of their classic album, but people just always want to go back and reference the classic album. So I, I'm pretty sure that's frustrating as opposed to, let's say, somebody who doesn't have a classic, they tend to, people tend to listen to everything that they've done. They may have to get, in order to get their fix, like for me, look, look right now, I'm a, I'm a music fiend. I'm a hip hop fiend. I'm a trap fiend. In order to get my fix, I just have to listen to Jeezy's Thug Motivation 101. I don't have <laughs> to listen to anything else by Jeezy. Just Thug Motivation 101 to get my fix. Yep. As opposed to Gucci Man. I have to listen to several different Gucci Man projects and songs that span several years to get my Gucci Man fix. I thought that was the one difference in the verses. Jeezy was, Jeezy had the crowd in verses with his Thug Motivation 101 stuff. Gucci had it when his 2007 trap music is 2010, 2014, 2013, 2016, because his stuff is more spread out. So that's my argument for quantity, which I'm pretty sure most people will not agree with. But you, when you don't have that classic album, you now have to get fans by consistently putting out at least something decent each time. And they'll listen to it. They'll yeah. listen to it. No, you're right. You're right. I like That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, hey, look, you know, uh, as an artist or as a fan, you know, you can look at this however you like to. And, and I don't think there's a wrong answer per se, because there's success stories on both sides of the house here. Like there's yeah. there's oh, positives yeah. on both sides of this, you know. So, hey, moral of the story. Just make classic albums so we don't even have to discuss. <laughs> Rap nothing but classic albums. Take your time making albums, guys. Man, if a, um, if album, if classic albums was that easy, my brother, if it was that easy to make. That was yeah. a good topic, though. I like that oh, one. Man. Shout out to you, George, man. Hey, listen, no, you get you suggest a topic. We we you know, and we and we use it, man. You part of the wise game, man. Shout out, keep some men's topics. We appreciate y'all. Part of the wise game. Membership is $15.99. Um, next topic. I accept I accept Ethereum and Bitcoin, FYI, but keep going. <laughs> or Dodgecoin. Next topic. Topic number four. We made it this far. Might as well. The lost ones. So the album we're going to cover today is Wiz Khalifa's ONIFC album, which happened to drop this week. Like, this is his anniversary this week. Can you believe that? This is just good timing. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this album because um, on my way back from somewhere the other day, I heard Rise Above. When the paper's down on the money low, it rise above. And I was like, yo, I feel like this album was so slept on, man. Okay, you know what? Let me let me go back a little bit. Go ahead. Wiz Khalifa, I, I started to love Wiz Khalifa's music in college. Uh, what was it, 2008? When he dropped Cushion Orange Juice. I was blown away. Here we go. Classic. I would call that classic mixtape. Definitely. Hook, killer, everything. Then, remember, Wiz Khalifa got the, 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 the offers. Rick Ross wanted to sign him to Maybach music. Uh, people was trying to throw a bag at him. People was asking the feature. 
He yep. stayed to himself, but he got the big deal. Then he dropped that debut album, which I hated. It had black and yellow, but then it had so many cheesy records on there. And I feel like Wiz Khalifa buzz started to go down a little bit because just the, the debut was underwhelming. He said it himself. Remember that mixtape? He said, yeah, man, you know, in the debut, a lot of politics, was commercial. That was all in uh, the Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Alter Dice. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Alter Dice mixtape, yep. Exactly. See, see how, see how, see, we are true hip-hop fans. Like, we can, we can literally point these things out. I know, I know this shit like the back of my hand. In, in the interview <laughs> on that, on that album. So he didn't even like the album. So I think people started to write him off, and then he dropped this second album, which fell more in line with what he did in Cushion Orange Juice. And people just kind of wrote this album off, just assuming that it was similar to the debut. But I thought it was unbelievably solid. And so I just wanted to talk about it, tackle it. I'm going to let you go first because okay. I do feel like, you know, I hogged the first couple of minutes of this segment. So go ahead and uh, let me know <laughs> how you feel about the ONIFC album by Wiz Khalifa. Well, look, uh, first and foremost, man, Man, is it, I gotta ask this question. You know, if this is the NBA, right? Let's 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 equate the NBA to the rap game, just for the sake of this argument right now. Is Wiz Khalifa a Hall of Famer? This is a question for you. Ooh, it's, God, that's is, a great question. Is Wiz Khalifa a Hall of Famer? Great question. Does yeah. he get voted into your Hall of Fame of hip hop? Yes, he makes it. Does he, he barely it. make it, or is it first ballot, undeniable? He's not, ballot. He's not a first ballot, but he makes it. Okay. Do you I know what Wiz... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, using your NBA terms, do you know what Wiz Khalifa is like? Wiz Khalifa, to me, is like that person that their first two years, they started out averaging like seven points per game, eight points per game, and then started averaging 20 points per game. Eight assists, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy exactly. Butler. But then... A little bit after their prime, they went back down to averaging like six points per game. <laughs> so it's like didn't quite is not quite finishing his career as the top dog, but his prime was so good. His prime, he was an all-star. And you got to take that into accountability. You do, you do have to take it into accountability. And I just wanted to ask you that question because I was curious. I agree with you though. I agree. I didn't want to lead the witness. I just wanted to ask that question and see what you thought. I do believe Wiz Khalifa is a Hall a of Famer. I do have a follow-up question to that, by the way. I'm sorry. I had to cut you off. <laughs> go ahead, go you ahead, go the, ahead. You, know the, one of, I, you mentioned us having arguments and discussions. Oh, boy. I, I already know where this is going. So I know where it's going. If Wiz Khalifa's a Hall of Famer, is Wale a Hall of Famer? Okay, look. Without a shadow of a doubt, I got to throw Wale in there, too. I have to. I got to throw Wale. I think you're on mute. I got to throw Wale in the Hall of Fame okay. bucket for different reasons than Wiz, right? So, you know, like, just like the Hall of Fame, people can go on for different reasons, right? They all have their own specialty. Mm -hmm. I do think Wale has a, has a place. You know, he's been consistent. Speaking of somebody who may not necessarily have a classic album, I think he has a career, a discography full of really good albums, in my opinion. Not all of them were great, but Neither, neither here nor there. He has consistently dropped hits 
throughout the span of his career that people care about. I think that's more than Wiz can say. But you know again, what? Wiz- they're in. They're they're being recognized for different reasons. Uh, and by the way, and by the way, uh, by the way, I don't want to rehash all wounds because I know no, you just not. brought it we're up. Not. But not. damn it, we here. We're we not. We here. Of, no, we had an argument back in two thousand and nine or eight or whatever year that was. I said, "Oh no, we we were asking the question: Who do we think was better, Wiz Khalifa or Wale?" I've always been on the Wale side of the house. You were on the Wiz Khalifa side of the house. I feel like I was right over time. I'm gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest with you, dog. Uh, I feel like so, I was right. So, like, I I describe Wiz Khalifa as somebody that was averaging seven points per game <laughs> to start, right, and then twenty <laughs> points per game in his prime, and went back to six. <laughs> I see Wale as somebody who started their career averaging about 10, 12 points. Rookie of the year, yeah. 10, 12 points, 13 points per game. Then they're 20. Then they're 20. 20. Not 20, but like 13. Okay. And consistently was like 13. 14. 14 points, 10 points, 11, 13, 12, 11, 13. Almost like a JJ Reddick type person. Was able to maintain himself in the league, but never an all star, never a superstar mm. talent in the hip hop industry. So to me, that doesn't, that's not hall of famer. I don't think that necessarily screams out that screams out a a viable person on a championship team, but not quite hall of famer Wiz Mm. Khalifa's argument. Cause Wiz Khalifa was on top of the game, bro. Wiz Khalifa was 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 definitely the guy at for about it. He had about a two year run. Yeah. By the two year run that rolling papers phase, when he dropped rolling papers, Bro, that was his moment. Wiz Khalifa was that the was man. his moment. Like he I want, was aligning himself with superstars. Yo, we've we've kind of in a in a we've kind of roundabout way went digressed on this. I want to get back to the ONIFC only nigga in first class album for for a moment. But before I do that, I want to wrap this combo up. You're right about how you how you equated Wally's points per game average. I think that's accurate. <laughs> I think that's accurate, but. If you're going to disqualify Wale and say that's not a Hall of Fame career, I have to disqualify your same argument for how you how you equated Wiz Khalifa's points per game. You cannot be a six, seven point score, average 20 points the year after, maybe 20 the year, maybe 19, and then go back to like 10 for the foreseeable future. And I call it a Hall of Fame career. You can't do that. I think the Hall of Fame is about consistency. Bottom line, you have to be consistent to be in the Hall of Fame. You can't have like not true. two great years. Not true. That, that like I said, there's there is based off the the NBA basketball Hall of Fame cri- criteria. There's people that have literally like Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace's career did not start out great. He's averaging five points, four points, right. getting dunked on by Kobe. Then he went to Detroit, had a span of like three, four years where he was a beast. Then he didn't end his career great. He was on Chicago Bulls, Cavaliers, like just kind of disappeared. Is he is he in the Hall of Fame? He is in the Hall of Fame. He literally right. is in the Hall of Fame. And I would agree with him being in the Hall of Fame, but I think it was deserved because that three, four-year stretch that you're talking about with Detroit was pure mm-hmm. excellence. Excellence. Wiz Khalifa, that two, three-year stretch in the hip-hop game was excellence. He had hit like black. You can I'm argue. not gonna call it, I can't call it excellence. I would okay. call it really you good. Yeah, argue, I don't know why I'm gonna call it excellence. You can argue black and yellow was the biggest hip hop hit that year. That year, 
black and yellow was huge. Yeah, it black was. And yellow, black and yellow. They still play that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game. That's a classic song. You know, definitely Wiz, a classic song. Wiz Khalifa at the time was like Wiz Khalifa. There's things that Wiz Khalifa did that influenced culture, like legit influenced culture. Weed, like he put weed rap on the map. Like Snoop Dogg and all them people were doing it, but he did it in a way that was cool for like us, our generation. The singing, the uh, um, melodics, raps. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You go in a different. You're you're going a different direction here because if we if we're talking about who is more influential, who who con- who contributed more to hip hop, I would I would say Wiz as well. But, but I'm talking point. about but I'm talking about body of work in terms of excellence. Was his output but, was his I'm, product Hall of Fame worthy? I mean, if you're talking about output, probably not not necessarily his singles, but you got to remember the, his features, like he had fire ass features at the time like Wiz Khalifa in currency remember when there was featuring on people's stuff and like yeah. Wiz Khalifa was was hot like nah, he was Wiz hot. Khalifa he was, was hot. on a freaking Maroon 5 song Payphone. he was he was like, like come on Wiz Khalifa still to this it. day Wiz Khalifa still to this day has one of the saddest my fa- one of my favorite saddest songs ever is when oh, um the Charlie Poof um yeah bro like that Charlie- song Classic. It's been a lot, bro. Classic. Bro, that song, yo, Classic. what's the dude's name who, who passed in Fast and the Furious? You know what I'm talking about? Um, Paul White Walker. guy. Paul yo, Walker. when he passed, that was a that was a big moment in the in the culture, Jeez. it seemed, because a lot of people really liked that 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 movie series. And when Wiz Khalifa put that song out with Charlie Puth, man, that's a classic. I didn't know I didn't know Wiz had that in him. I didn't. And- that's a classic, and and I, I want people to know, like I know there's several people that will say Charlie Poof made that song. Wiz Khalifa's verses were pretty good on that song. Wiz Khalifa... No, they were I, great. They he were made, great. He helped make that song. I don't think Charlie Poof made that song. Together, they made they that both, song good. They both did their thing. You know they I'm both saying? did their thing. Like, so come on. Like, put respect on Wiz Khalifa's name. We're going to put respect on... He is a Hall of Famer. Hey, check this out. This this segment today is about Wiz, so let's stick to Wiz. Now, going back to ONIFC, Only Nigga in First Class, which at the time, that album dropped, in 20, uh, 2012, it had a lot of mixed reviews. I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, And that is actually how I would characterize Wiz, Wiz's discography. He has, a, he has more albums than not that are quote-unquote mixed reviews. Like people really don't have a consistent way they feel about it, more so than the ones that they think are great or really, really good. But in hindsight, ONIFC... Then was a really good project. I just think artistically it was a it was different for him. Let's not even get to the album cover, which still to this day I think was ridiculous. Did you see that album cover? <laughs> Bro, look at the album cover. I I will never forget how I felt in that moment when the joint dropped. I'm like, what does he have on and why is he sitting in that chair like this? <laughs> no, I'm dead. Yo, am I am I lying? No, Am I lying? Dead ass, I dead ass. swag though. Bro, he was wilding. He was wilding with that. He was wilding with that cover. Tight ass pants. Now this is where album covers can backfire because I really think people thought that <laughs> people thought that album was garbage because of that cover. <laughs> I don't think Virgil did this one. No, Avalo Avalo is yeah, not listen, responsible for this one. Hey, listen, Virgil might have wanted to do this one because. <laughs> 
That one needed a, a facelift. A Matt, can you imagine if Wiz Khalifa in 2012, oh, before the man. album drop, was like, hey guys, my album about to drop, and he dropped this album cover, and everybody freaking spammed the comments and was like, <laughs> this is trash. Get the person to change it. Da -da 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 -da. Where's Virgil at? Why be better? Why? Oh. Why be better? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, but besides the album cover, I thought that this album was full of, uh, oh, man. man, it was full of what I would call polished Ooh. Wiz Khalifa. You know, anytime Wiz dropped, a, uh, dropped an album, it was clear to me that he was focused on making Ooh. actual songs. That's one thing that Wiz don't get enough credit for is his ability to make songs. And I think you made this point earlier, um, whether it was before the show or maybe on the show, like Wiz on the hook. Wiz is a killer at making hooks. And I think that this album, and really, if you look at all of his music, historically, he has a really, really strong hook. And it's usually done by him, and he's usually singing it. And, and I think that um, this album was full of that. And, and so when I, when I think about ONIFC and I really get into the music, there's some songs that really stand out to me. Here we go. R really, really stand out. And this is where it's going to get touchy and dicey. Paper Bond. I hated that joint when it dropped. When it, I never liked Paper Bond. But over time, I started understanding, okay, like this joint fits within the that's flow. The joint. I got, I got, I got all this. Uh, that's why it's tight. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. tight. Bluffing with Burner, I thought was dope. Uh, Let It Go, I always thought was really, really corny. It's still mm. cringy still to this day. It's one of them formulaic songs that used yeah. to work back in the day. Yeah, that yeah, just don't work yeah. anymore. You you know, yeah. like think of think of the Rick Ross, know. the Rick Ross stimulus package. Rick Ross and his <laughs> yeah. remember Rick Ross and his whole Maybach music. Remember that shit used to just yeah yeah exactly. It just used to work. It worked. Yeah. And the yeah, last time yeah. he tried it was on Port of Miami too, where I think he had a song with Summer Walker. It just was. It just fell I flat on like his it. face. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> Yo, yeah, on, I know man. what you mean. I know what you mean. C know certain joints just don't work anymore. And I thought, or, that, if, um, or if how about this? Or if Plies. Tries to make that one joint where you got an RB singer and the RB singer is gentle and it flies over here all all freaking talking some crazy stuff. Dude, bus it, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know your mind. Jamie Foxx is on one. Come on, man. Listen, respect. We gotta respect the evolution, but that them shits don't work no more. But no, paper bond. Uh, has has crept up. I really like that joint. I like the the bluff with burner. I'm sorry, the bluff with Cameron. Man, um, hearing Cameron over this type of song yeah, really, nice. really, really stood out. The hook though, oh man, right. no Cameron killed his verse too. He did. Uh, you know, uh, no limit. The plan with Juicy J. Remember you with the weekend medicated with Chevy Woods. Chevy Woods used to kill every <laughs> verse he was on back in the day. You know, and um. You know, there's more to name, but I think overall, man, ONIFC was one of those albums that dropped back in 2012 that at the time people slept on and maybe even still to this day people sleep on. But I think, though, that if we go back and we move past that trash cover, the album cover, we move right past it, just sidestep it just for a little bit. I think we will appreciate that album. The music on it was really, really good, man. What do you think? Like, is that your takeaway as well? Or, or it needs to be it, it, it needs to be revisited by several people. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it from Wikipedia, the most reliable place on the planet. I'm looking at the track listing there. Um, Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus, but other than that, mm. 
all music three out of five nme See? four out of ten pitchfork 4.8 wow. out of 10 wow. Rolling stone three out of five slant wow. magazine three out of five wow or two two out of five sorry spin Ooh. three out of ten thirty percent three out of ten is thirty percent that's Ooh. an f um Ooh. So I think it needs to be revisited. Look at I mean, that. You see, you see that mixed reviews. You see, I heard I see a couple 80%. I see a couple mostly C, mostly C's and D's and F's. 63 out of five is 60%. So I think it needs to be revisited. I, I, I if I can revisit because I'm I'm also guilty. I remember we used to always talk about this. That's how how far we've been talking about music. I mean, years, plenty of years. Yep. And you know what? This this album actually reminds me of those days we used to go to uh, Apple, not Applebee's, um, uh, Fridays. Remember the Fridays off Leesburg Pike? We'll go there and get drinks at the happy hour. I remember that shit. Like that's what this album reminds me of. Like had some Long Island, Long, Long Island, Island figure yeah. out our way to DC. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, this album. I think I I came into it like negative, just because, like you said, the album cover. Just because what he was coming off of, I was a little negative. I'm not gonna lie, but as time went by, I noticed there was a lot of things that he did on this album that I do feel like, you know, were kind of groundbreaking at the time. Like, remember you? Not remember you, but remember you the song <laughs> with Yo, the weekend. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, I remember the first time I heard that song, and I was like, this is the most unorthodox hit i've ever heard in my life like the weekend starts it off talking about all this crazy talk like he usually does now that's a norm by the way the weekend starting off songs but back then it was like who is this guy just talking on this crazy sound like michael jackson and the beat sounds weird and then wiz khalifa just comes in there with a, one of the shakiest flows at the time but i do feel like a flow that people use now where it was choppy remember his flow on that joint so I feel like a lot of the things that he was doing was groundbreaking. People didn't really appreciate or notice what he was doing on there. It was next level. And he moved on from it because I feel like he probably didn't get the reception that he wanted to from the album and started to experiment more because after this album, he experimented a lot more. But one thing I will say that I did not like about this album, the one thing I would say I didn't like, I didn't really care for the production it was a little inconsistent. oh you're tripping because I, I was actually gonna say the opposite but go ahead it was it's not that i didn't like the beat per se but it was a little inconsistent like the let it go beat was just so random um you know obviously remember you like the album doesn't flow well it's like you get songs like fall asleep I get I get what you're saying. You know, and then you get a song like Time, which is typical Wiz Khalifa. But then it's it's nothing. It's like some mob stuff. Rise it's, above is like a, nothing sound like some Atlanta. You know, I, think, uh, I think Drummer Boy did that. If I'm not Drummer mistaken. Boy did that. Signature, then you get the signature Neptune's beat in Rise Above. And then you know, you got just it's just so random production-wise. Individually. I like the production on the songs individually, but from a body of work, I felt like it was just kind of like all over the place. And I, one thing I liked about Wiz Khalifa when he first came out was he was continuously working with the Sledgerins of the world, ID Labs. And I think in this album, he decided to branch off and started working with 
different producers. And so because of that, things just sound a little choppy. And I think that's one of the takeaways why I don't think mm. the, a classic album per se. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say this one is classic. I think the first, you know, this is our third installment of The Lost Ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last episode, we talked about uh, 17 by Tentacion. The first time we talked about uh, All American Badass by Joey by Joey Badass. Um, this album, this episode, this one is not one that, like you said, I would call classic, but I would say is it truly is a lost one because mm-hmm. it's one of those albums that people are never gonna re- 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 they're never gonna revisit this. They're never nobody's ever for no reason anybody's gonna go back to this album, but you know. If you do, which is kind of what we're encouraging you guys to do, you might realize that this is it wasn't as bad as you maybe originally thought. Like, while I agree with everything you said about the inconsistent production, I do think that one thing that Wiz does not get enough credit for is the the way his sound kind of infiltrated the game. I remember at the time. You know, even before that, where he dropped Taylor Alter Dice. If you remember, he was talking to Rob Markman, who now works for Genius and all that other stuff. People probably didn't know that then, but he was talking to Rob Markman in the interludes all throughout that mixtape. And one of the things that he was saying the most was that, yo, like these dudes is taking my style. If you remember, he, he, he did was, say that. He used he to say, say that, that all the time. And and that was that he was actually true. Like, and they mainly what he was getting at was production. The Sladrin, the ID Labs, that whole atmospheric mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. sounding like you're, you're you're taking psychedelics, you're you're high, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, ASAP yeah. Rocky. This is around this time of ASAP Rocky was kind of doing the same thing. Like that was a thing when Wiz. I think Wiz mm-hmm. was actually on the forefront of that production style and rapping mm-hmm. over that. And so I don't think people give him enough credit for that. But if you go back and you have time, definitely check out this uh this lost no, one I mean, project. We, uh, yeah, from a, I mean, real quick, I just want to say from. Remember, we we said this. We 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 said we have to mention this. A lot of rappers now, I hear it all the time, up and coming and mainstream. They use Wiz's choppy flow, like they use that ooh yeah ooh yeah yep. something that something that ooh yeah something that something that ooh yeah. He was the first person I heard do that. Wiz was definitely where he was the behind. First he was he that. was a pioneer of that particular mm-hmm. style of rap. I don't think many people actually know no, that. No, no, no. But like, go back and Uzi, go back, go back. Uzi, and to Uzi early does it wins. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uzi, Uzi has done it. He, I think Uzi does it the best, where he'll be rapping. So that, so that, Yo, every the entire game, the entire rap game does that in 2021. That is a thing. Listen to "Remember You." "Remember You" is. I listen closely to how he's rapping on there, and you will literally be like, "Wow, I did not realize people are rapping like that today." Right. He was the first, I, I I swear. So, yo, if Wiz wasn't out. the first, great if out. Wiz wasn't the first, he was on. He was at the forefront of that he was wave. At the forefront, he was one hundred percent. He was. Yo, y'all go back and check this. Uh, check this project out. It was. It was really, really. I think it was more. It was better than you think. I'll just say that. I don't want to call it classic. I would call this a good project. This is more than solid. Like it's actually good. You know, uh, it, was good. it was very enjoyable. I will it was, say it was enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable album. So this you got been, next. You right. This You're is the next the, album. Sorry, I keep cutting hey, no, you off. No, no. Nah, it's cool, man. I, look, 
it don't even matter. We're at the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I don't even care anymore, man. Let's just get out of here. But no, for sure. The next one is going to be great because I got a bunch in the tuck. I got Ooh. a bunch. Got a bunch. Ooh. I got uh, I may have to, man, since we talked about Wale, I may have to throw a Wale one out, to be honest Ooh, with you. Okay. I, I, mean, I, I, I will know nothing about it, so I got to do my research now. You're a hater. That's who you are. <laughs> Yo, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you guys for pulling up, man. If you made it this far, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit any type of button. Just don't hit the delete button. You know, we love y'all, man. Keep rocking with us. We're approaching the end of the year. Man. I cannot believe it. We just put out our uh, our Spotify wrapped on our uh, our Instagram, and uh, you know, apparently we dropped twenty episodes this year. Apparently, we're being listened to in eight countries on Spotify. You know, countless amount of people listening to us and following our show on Spotify. So much love for y'all. You know, showing love and really, uh, so you know, I got a lot of gratitude for y'all, man, for really for really rocking with us. But like I said in the post. Spotify is only our third highest listened platform. It's really some other platforms that people are rocking with us on. So shout out to the Apple Podcast folks and everybody else. Wherever it is that you're listening, we appreciate y'all nonetheless, man. Q, any last words? If you're going to give advice, make sure you don't eat Thanksgiving food past five days. Or no, actually three days. I think I'll call that ill advice. That's what I'll call that. Literally ill.